0: Developed by The Game Kitchen and published by Team17, Blasphemous 2 released on PC, Xbox Series X and S, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 5 on August 24, 2023. The story picks up where the true ending of the first game, found in the wounds of Eventide DLC left off. The penitent one awakens in a stone sarcophagus cradled by the petrified remains of a former companion a massive beating heart has appeared in the clouds over the city of the blessed name and a sprawling structure has risen into the sky on the backs of three towering statues he rises and sets out on his journey through custodia tasked with finding and defeating the three guardians that correspond to each of these statues thus lowering the temple and allowing access in a departure from the previous game the penitent one must choose one of three starting weapons Veredicto, a giant mace-like weapon adorned with faces sprouting flames. Scarmiento and Centella, two rapiers. Or Ruego al Alba, an almost cleaver-like sword. The mace hits the hardest, but the trade-off is that it's the slowest of the three, taking a relatively long time to wind up before swinging through the air. The rapiers are your fastest attack option with lightning-fast swings, but at the cost of being the lowest damage, a death-by-a-thousand-cuts approach. My personal favorite is the sword which sits in the middle ground between the two others. One of the highlights in the combat in Blasphemous is the parrying, and the sword allows you to do that from the outset. While the rapiers can block most attacks, they can't parry until upgraded, and before then will send you flying back and left stunned for about half a second. The mace simply can't parry at all, but rather, once upgraded, the corresponding button ignites the head of the mace, greatly increasing its damage output. While you won't be upgrading the penitent one directly very often, you will be upgrading his weapons. Each weapon has a skill tree attached that can be upgraded with points earned by killing enemies and sometimes found in chests. Investing points into a weapon will give you a variety of improvements, such as increasing damage, adding special attacks, and even additional moves. The game kitchen has spent a lot of time refining what worked in the original to keep combat engaging and a challenge. What I find most interesting is that each weapon is tied directly to the gameplay, and is able to open or interact with corresponding objects and gated areas. For example, should you choose the rapiers, you'll be able to use mirrors that teleport the penitent one around the map. Of course, leaving the mace and the sword behind means that some of these platforms and hidden areas won't be accessible. Fortunately, whichever weapon you do choose at the beginning won't matter too much in the end, as you will be able to acquire the remaining two weapons as you make your way through the game. You can make your choice free of FOMO. Those who have played the first Blasphemous will immediately recognize the Gothic Spanish and Catholic inspirations in the setting of Blasphemous 2. The region that you find yourself in is entirely new, but is still distinctly set in Custodia. There is a beautiful cohesion to everything. The first game released with a few objects and even entire areas being a little under-detailed. After release, once the sales started rolling in, the game kitchen was able to go in and add detail where it was needed. This won't be necessary for Blasphemous 2. Every area is painstakingly and meticulously rendered with gorgeous pixel art, from the massive temples, towns, and dungeons to the tiny birds hopping around on rocks in the background. This is one of the few games where I stop for a bit just to admire the view. In a bit of a letdown, the game kitchen has opted to go with animated cutscenes in Blasphemous 2. It is a somewhat jarring transition from the more somber and somewhat subdued art style of the game to a bright anime style cutscene. I do feel the beautifully rendered pixel animations of the previous game would have resulted in a better experience and kept the gamer immersed in the game throughout. There are only a handful of these cutscenes and they are well animated for the most part, but in the overall package they do stand out. Perhaps an understandable change, as the original animator of the pixel cutscenes left the studio after finishing the DLC. The level design is an absolute treat. The studio clearly took the criticism from the previous games to heart. While the platforming of the previous games was a bit stiff in some areas and downright infuriating in others, traversal is much more smoother this time around. It also helps that the insta-death spike pits and falls have been replaced by a much more forgiving partial hit to your health bar. Every corner in Custodia is packed with even more secrets and items to discover, many of which you won't be able to get until you've acquired some movement upgrades. The Game Kitchen wants you to come back and explore these areas a second time around and encourages this by allowing you to see but not touch. Be prepared to absolutely cover your map with symbols. You'll thank yourself later. In terms of combat, there are some abrupt fluctuations in difficulty. You could be making your way to your next goal, dispatching anyone or anything you find, and then suddenly get locked in a room and get pummeled to death in a matter of seconds. Part of this is due to the game embracing its metroidvania nature much more tightly this time around. You can easily head into an area that you're just not quite ready for yet. Unfortunately, it is also partly due to sometimes getting backed into a corner by two or more enemies and being stunlocked to death. Of course, upon returning, having learned a new lesson, it's usually fairly easy to avoid the second or perhaps the tenth time around. Aside from these small issues, the combat overall is superb. It is more evened out and visually striking this time around. Dodging and parrying feel amazingly fluid, and picking the right weapon for the job is very satisfying. Sound and story are two more strong points, particularly the music. The same composer returns for Blasphemous 2 and has achieved even greater success this time around. Each track fits perfectly with its area, and consistently complements the somber tones found throughout. Coupled with the clang of a parry, weapons hitting enemies or objects, and the yells and moans of the enemies as you engage them, this is one of the better gaming soundtracks around. The voice acting has seen an improvement as well. Only the English language option was available at the time of review, but there's a marked improvement in the delivery and consistency between the different lines over the original. It might seem a bit odd to include story with the sound design, but they complement each other so well that it's often hard to separate them. The story is obtuse and hard to find which anyone coming from the previous installment, or anyone familiar with the Dark Souls games, will like. But it's there if the player wants to dig for it. In addition to the overarching narrative, there are a fair number of smaller, more personal stories to be found, and the musical accompaniment makes them all the more impactful. Granted, this is not a Pixar movie attempting to tug on your heartstrings, but the environmental storytelling does add another depth to the lore of the game. Overall, Blasphemous 2 is a terrific entry in the series, almost everything is an improvement in some way over the original. From the level design and art, to the sheer size and scope of the levels, to the voice work and musical score, it's only brought down a bit by the intermittent stun locking issues and by the inconsistent tone set by the animated cutscenes. The developers have created a perfect synergy between the art and the level design and the result is an absolute joy to play. Now I'm off to go delete my save and restart so I can really take my time exploring and finding every last scrap of story and upgrade that I can get my penitent little hands on. I give Blasphemous 2 a 9.0 out of 10. A code of this game was provided by Team17 for the purposes of this review. For more discussion and information on Blasphemous 2 and other games, tune in to the Untitled Gaming Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are found.